From Noble Robot on East Hennepin Avenue, six years in Minneapolis, this is Nice Games Club, the show where nice game devs talk gaming and game development. I'm Ellen Burns Johnson, and I make nice games. I'm Steve McGregor, and I make nice games. And I'm Martha Croy, I too make nice games. This week, we are celebrating our pew 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 six year anniversary. In honor, <laughs> in honor of this momentous occasion, I brought us a couple games to play. So if everyone's ready, let's start. Pew, 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 pew. Six years. So this is what we were just talking, how we don't do a lot of special episodes these yes. days. Um, we have our new format, Nice Thinking, mm-hmm. and we've been getting more guests as a result of uh, hiring a guest booker. Thank right. you, Max. Thank you, Max. And so we have less need to sort of like say, oh, what are we doing today? Yeah. And then call it a special, which, right. I mean, you all knew it, listeners. <laughs> um, but today we have a really good reason, and Ellen said in the intro, six years. We've been recording the show. Yeah. Um, we started the day after Election Day yep. uh, in 2016. Mm-hmm. So it was a rough time to start a new creative project. Truly was. Truly was. It was there – were, there were literally protests outside on the street mm. the day we were recording. And yeah. it just felt like, should we even be doing this? Yeah. And I, I'm glad we sort of stuck through it and made that first episode like a success because it really motivated us to keep going. Yeah. We didn't know if we were going to do it weekly yet. Right. And we've told some of this story on past anniversary episodes. Yeah. And so I just wanted to get it out of the way because we're going to do something totally different this time. Yes. Um, Ellen, you brought us some stuff to play uh, yep. that you know a little bit about, but we're gonna, it's going to be a lot of unknowns going in today's episode. Yeah. Right? Yeah. A lot of unknowns. I think we do have a couple meta items first, though, that we want to talk about. Oh, sure. Sure. Yeah. I was getting a little bit excited about the proper content <laughs> of the show. That's but no, fair. there are some important things to talk about at the top. Ellen, you have something very important to, to okay. talk about. I introduced. My sister to Flappy Dragon, right. and oh. she introduced a friend, a mutual friend of ours that was her friend first. So it's like, I say it's her friend, but it's both of our friends. Whatever. Uh-huh. You're, Ooh, you're spreading the word. Yes. <laughs> Converting people to Flappy Dragon. Oh, I great, was so great. close to getting all the dragons. Yeah. I was so close. You I, haven't gotten them all yet? They added more. Oh, of course they did. They of added course more. they did. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> they're, they're like, they're at the, you know, they have the control board back at HQ, and they're like, Ellen's almost got them all. Let's put 50 more in the popper. <laughs> Well, they're all very Halloween themed, and they oh, added Christ. more like yeah. like things oh, seasonal, everything seasonal. It all makes sense. Yep, seasonal stuff. So, um, I got, I did get, I'm back up to within ten of <laughs> getting all to 120, uh-huh. and then you'll be free until they release 50 more. Right? Yeah, I think I'm to the point where I'm not playing as much as I used to. Uh-huh. Yeah, you said that last time. Now, all the people that you've recruited <laughs> to play, do they uh, do their dragons? Does it flow down to use it like a Ponzi scheme? Oh my goodness! Like, do you... <laughs> no, we just turn. Do you get off. dragon profit? Like, I wish. Wouldn't that be funny? <laughs> um, don't give, don't game, don't give these people ideas. No, I'm sure they've thought of it. No, it's actually. I've actually like. I think I was kind of disparaging some of it earlier on and kind of laughing at myself for getting hooked on something that was so simple. But mm-hmm. I, you know, I actually have enjoyed it a lot, and yeah. it's yeah. really playful. And they have done some really ridiculously bizarre and also fun stuff with the different dragon and mechanics and mm-hmm. so i'm yeah i want to take it to the end because i want to i want to do kind of a deep <laughs> the dive end, she says yeah right <laughs> the end, whatever that means um yeah i want to i want to do like you know we've been talking we talked about journaling a couple yeah weeks ago mm-hmm. months ago when was that whatever um we'll link to it in the show notes time we'll find is an it. illusion yeah <laughs> time is time is just a search bar away um <laughs> But yeah, I think I want to do like a, some some deep like writing on how this works because it, it just like the game was always fun even when you could feel the game changing its like focus. Mm-hmm. So I want to kind of go back and, and look at that. So I have, I'm having a lot of fun. Oh, cool. Yeah. So also fun to be able to be like, 
my higher score is higher than your high score, little sister. Yeah. Steven, oh. you know about that. Oh, I do. It yeah. is very exciting. Yeah. Don't We're... tell me about it because then I have to get my brother in and then we got to compete and I don't want to do that because then I have to spread it to everyone else. Well, we know that. Everyone has to know the good word. Well, um, don't start playing Clappy Dragon right. and then he won't have to start playing Clappy Dragon and you'll be safe. I'm really mm-hmm. sparing my brother a problem by not playing the game. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. what I like to think of it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. How noble of you. <laughs> And I'm not playing so that I could be an impartial observer to the, you know, the descent into madness that you're undertaking. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, but if, if I'm going to be descending into madness, at least I should have fun. Right, and you should bring down some folks with you. <laughs> yeah, and I should bring down some folks with me. Um, speaking of bringing down folks. Oh, yeah. So Aww. this is... All right. <laughs> Quiet. This is important. Okay. So a Stop couple, laughing. This is news from last week that we didn't have time to talk about last <laughs> right, week. Right. So a few a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. um, Stephen, you recounted listeners with the tale of you trouncing us in Star Trek Ascendancy. Yeah. Glory to the Green Confederacy. Yes, yes. So I felt it was just we had to make sure that people had an update as to where things currently stand. Yeah. Which is that the Romulan Empire, piloted by me, uh-huh. destroyed you yes. a couple weeks ago. <laughs> and so I, I am currently the, 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 the champion. Is that how we're doing it? No. I'm, I'm Whoever has the belt. Yeah, I have the belt. That's yep, not... that's what it is. The galactic oh, belt. No fair. We so, need to make a belt. So yeah. jo- Jolan True, everybody. No, it can't be a belt. It has to be like one of the the like sashes that the Klingons wear, which I'm sure have an actual name that Mark knows is. It is a baldric. One wow. of those. And that's a real thing. That's not a it's not a Star Trek word. Well, you would have completely I only know it because be... it was it was War Four One. <laughs> but it's like a medieval term for yeah. just a, a ceremonial warrior sash of some kind. All right, all right. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I got thoroughly womped. Yeah. It was real bad. It was real bad. It was, it was real bad. <laughs> it was real bad. <laughs> I'd never played as a Romulans before, yeah. and apparently I'm really, really well suited to the mechanics. Well, there again. was that, and I had never played the Cardassians before, and I'm apparently really bad at them. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Cardassians, I mean, all the different factions have, like, their own quirks, right? Yeah, yeah and, they, and the, like, you're different. They force you into a play style, yes. yeah. which is, I love when games do that, because mm-hmm. I am so stubborn. I will play a game however I want to play it, and I will like not listen to the game telling me. Mm. So it has to be very natural, and, and and to force me to do it. And this game does a really good job of it. But the thing about the Romulans is that it was so, so simpatico to how I would have played a game with no constraints yeah. or things. It worked out really, really well for me. So yeah. I, I took to it. I didn't expect to. I was I always thought the Romulans were like really fiddly and, mm. and kind of uninteresting. But um, well, the the main thing, the main disadvantage of the Romulans is that they're they have a hard time taking advantage of trade agreements like other Right, and so, which is actually one of the things about the game I like the most Mm. is the table talk part, and trade agreements are a huge part of that. You can influence other players by making deals with others because then you you raise up you and the person you're doing a trade against, and the whole point in the back of your mind, the only reason you did it was not to benefit you, was to was to hurt the player who's not part of the agreement. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's a big part of the play in in that game that's sort of the the, the secret diplomacy stuff yep. uh, that not a lot of people get. But the Romulans have a hard time doing that because right. <clears throat> every trade agreement they receive, they don't get a benefit for for a turn. Yeah. So you are you are motivated to not bother with the mechanics. Yeah, yeah they're basically. not about secret diplomacy. They're yeah. just about secrets. So what I did is I, I, I still got to play that angle because mm-hmm. I was I was basically trying to um, hurt everyone else's trade agreements to bring them down to my level. Yeah, it worked. <laughs> you didn't really need that though, to be fair. That's true. I had a lot else going for me. Yeah, but so, yeah, but it did work. Yeah. Well, I mean, I took advantages of, of like the little mistakes you made trying to get your handle on the Cardassians. Yeah. So and there was, I imagine there was some luck involved. Um, well, there's always a little bit. But of I won't luck admit involved. to that being a prime factor. No, no, no. I, I mean, as as begrudging as I am to say this, Mark did. You know, I got wrecked. I'm yeah. not gonna lie. <laughs> 
and it's due to Mark's skill. Uh, it's funny how you get really competitive when we're playing games. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what it is? I- I, actually, I quite when you totally d- destroyed us. Yeah, like I was in a position where everyone thought I was doing well. Yeah, and that was frustrating because I knew I wasn't, mm-hmm. but it looked like I was. Yeah, and then you totally beat me, and it was so fun. Yeah, it was so fun yeah, when, was... when you finally put the the debt. So I, I really do enjoy that. Mm-hmm. But when I am beating you, it's a special thrill because I know how much it bugs you. Yeah, <laughs> that's nice. right. that's why my brother likes it. See, yeah. you understand. <laughs> Basically, the whole, I'm just trying to convince you that it doesn't matter. Ah, but it does. And in fact, anyways, I'm not going to... We'll talk about that in another episode. <laughs> we'll devote a whole special to it. Yeah. <laughs> That's the seventh year. Uh. <laughs> okay, I think that's all our meta. Yeah. Um, what's this game, Ellen? Okay, I brought two games. Okay. Um, both of them are talkie-talkie games, which okay. is perfect because we are in a podcast. We are in talkie-talkie podcast. Famously talkie-talkie format. Talkie-talkie yes, format. Yes. Okay, so the, the first one is a game called Where Should We Begin? Mm-hmm. A Game of Stories by Esther Perel, which I think I've mentioned on the show a few times. Um, we're going to play it. And then towards the second half of the show, we are going to switch over to Chuck Klosterman's Hypotheticals. 50 questions for insane conversations. And um, yeah, we'll pull out some of those and we're not going to do the gorilla question. We looked at that no, before we the show. No, we exhausted that one, I think. Yeah, yeah we, we already did that one and we didn't like that one. But I, are... was, I was skeptical of that. when you, Just when you describe it like insane questions, I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, it's yeah. it's it's got a tone. Yeah. And I I immediately kind of took against it. But then you re- you read a couple examples. I'm like, oh, this is super interesting. Yeah. So I I'm think, looking forward to that one. I think it'll be good. Um. So yeah, let's. we're going to start with a game of stories. I have looked through the box. I have pulled a couple questions and I read through the rules but I have not actually played this game yeah. in like a longer session so this is going to be the first time I play it mm-hmm. so we are going to well the rules say begin here so we're going to do that oh it's like a whole experience the box is really interesting and Ooh, yeah. yeah do you want to open it up do you want I, to open well it? you did already okay right. <laughs> <laughs> I'll play with it later okay <laughs> alright it has, it has a really nice box I think I've mentioned that on the show too okay so begin here Okay, in this game, there are no winners or losers. Sorry, Stephen. Darn. Everyone is on the same team. The intention is to come together around the magic of storytelling. For two or more people, use these rules when you want to keep it simple. Maybe it's your first time playing or you're just getting to know one another. I feel like I know you guys pretty well, but it is our first time playing. Right, and we got two games in the docket tonight, so maybe we should play it the simple way. Yeah. So we are going to re- we are only going to be playing with the white story cards. We are going to leave the blue prompt cards and tokens in the box, and we are going to use... The safe for work rules um, <laughs> and remove the story cards with a pink triangle in the bottom right corner. Oh. So let's get that set up first mm-hmm. and we'll go from there. So I think these are the tokens. Um, let's pull them out so we can take a look at them. I'm actually um, surprised at how how much parts there are to this. Right? Yeah. When you described it to me, it really sounded much more like a, a, a game of prompts. Yeah. Um, and it is, but uh, there's more to it. This is interesting. Yeah. So maybe we'll play a couple of sessions. Like, I don't know. We'll see how long it takes. And if we want to play the with the blue cards and whatever these tokens are, we can work that into. Mm-hmm. They are fun. I love little bits and bobs. <laughs> look at this! Look at these adorable bits. They're not quite round. I think I love that when things are not oh, quite yeah, yeah. round. Yeah, they're they're wooden. They're they're they look they look almost hand cut. Yeah, they probably weren't. They probably were not, but look slightly an oval. Mm-hmm. It's like the shape of the Earth. You know what it is? Uh, it's like um, you know, this is the time of year where you you go to Target or you go to Barnes and Noble or you go to and you're looking for last minute gifts. Yeah, and you see these like like uh like. Uh, family board games that are all made of wood and like that yep. that only come out at Christmas time because yeah. no one would buy them any other time of the yeah. year. It has that kind of uh, uh, charm to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep, for sure. Oblate spheroid. Mm-hmm. 
I think that's the shape of the earth. <laughs> we'll have to fact check. I'll have to fact check since I'm editing this episode. Okay. Okay. All right. So we're only doing the ones with the white story cards. That's a gray. I'm seeing gray rectangle box square thing. Oh, okay. Um, I'm seeing. I don't, okay. All right. I'm seeing. What do we got here? Blue prompt cards. These must be the ones we're not using. Okay. Okay, and I found the pink ones. Oh. We'll put those away. <laughs> That's uh, nice games club after dark. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Patreon content. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> Maybe not. Next, uh, yeah. next year, we'll spin up the nice games club OnlyFans. <laughs> no, we are not going to do that. No. Yeah, okay, no, not the pink cards. Uh, this is, should be the, all the pink cards, though. It's over here in that side of the box. There are a lot of cards in there. There are a lot of cards, I know. And the uh, there's some more cards with more symbols on them. Yeah, it's got to be like 200 cards. Goodness. At least. There's probably more. Yeah. Like, What do you call that shape? Um. Oh, uh, oh. door shape? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a half circle with an extended. Yeah, it's, it's it's like, like a, a door. It's like, like a, a hobbit door or something. Like a dot. Yeah. Like, like a dots, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the candy. It's really yeah. good. It is. It's like yeah. a like a profile of a dot. Well, yeah, you could call it a drop because that's, the, that's oh, yeah. the, the generic name for the candy, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, this one is actually a half circle. Right. Yes. Okay. So we're not playing with the blue prompt cards. And it's really easy to know which ones those are because they're just blue on both sides. Very yeah. blue. Okay. Um, they say things like, share something cringeworthy. Share something awkward. Share something crazy. We're not going to do those. <laughs> All <ones>. right. <laughs> Uh, it's kind of a shame because I was really hoping you'd do that voice the whole time. Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I will say, um, so the the the, uh, the design, the visual design of the game has these shapes. And we were talking about like, what do we call this shape? Yeah. I actually think that's a detriment to the game. It's like, you oh. don't, like that, why is that not a circle? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like just for, maybe because it's not unique enough or something. But I, I yeah. think as a, that would be my first piece of feedback for designers. Like let's half circle, square, triangle, yeah, make it a rectangle. Make it a parallel. Make it something that has a name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe, maybe it's maybe the meaning behind it will become clear as we play, <laughs> or as we read the instructions. I'm not sure. Right. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. Select someone to be the first storyteller. Pay attention. The first story often sets the tone for the game. Oh, we got to deal seven cards to people. So oh. I suppose we got to shuffle a bunch. Uh, mm-hmm. So this is all the stuff we're going to cut out of the show. Then. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to cut someone's out of the show. Okay. So, Ellen, there's so many cards. You just grabbed some of them to make a deck of a hundred. Yeah, that's I good mean, enough. like just the just the the gray squares is probably like a hundred cards. Yeah, there's yeah, probably yeah. like three or four hundred cards in this. Lots, lots of things. Mm-hmm. Okay, we have a stack of eighty, maybe. Yeah, and we're gonna deal seven to each person. Is that what it says, Stephen? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Three, four, five. Okay, <laughs> riveting podcast. That's three. Four cards. Five cards. You're having having a weird amount of difficulty with this. They're new cards. (laughs) That's seven. Yeah, that's seven. They're slippery and hard to deal with. Mm. They're like textured in a way that feels like the opposite of that. But all right. Uh, I'm sorry. Do you want to deal? (laughs) Well, they have. (laughs) They're textured in a way that if you put two, if you line up two against each other, they glide. Oh, yeah. You're right. It is interesting. Mm. And then if you spread them out in your hand, they they kind of. you can feel the little yeah. texture. It's that is interesting. interesting. Yeah, that's that's fascinating. Oh. It's actually funny. Like a lot of this aesthetic is really very much like how I did the glom design. 
Mm. Oh, yeah. Very abstract, very focused on the words. Yeah. Very simple um, iconography. So I, I appreciate that. <laughs> okay. So who's going to be the first storyteller? I feel like you should because it's your game. Uh, fair. Fair. Uh-huh. So that card face down is... I put that down. Okay. Why? Because it's for the storyteller who's Alan. Oh, do I have to do that? Yes. Everyone oh. has to do it, including Alan. You see, the problem was I wasn't paying a lot of attention. That's fine. <laughs> We're all learning this together. So. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And my motivation is I want something. I put something down here that I want Ellen to address. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Ellen is supposed to tell a story based off of one of these three cards. Okay. So she might not even pick the one you pick. It's interesting. I'm like, it's like I could put something really, because this is like a get to know you kind of game. Right. So I could put something on there that's really like challenging, but also I kind of want to, I don't, I want to help Ellen. Mm-hmm. I don't want to make this hard to, for her. So yeah. kind of competing motivations. Yeah, I wonder if the we're playing the simple version of this. I wonder if the more complicated version makes that easier, that choice. Yeah, maybe. Because mm-hmm. there's a, we're not using the tokens, right? There's a bunch of tokens. Yeah, it sounds like the, the, the full rules just put more structure on it. Yeah. I don't know that it makes the choices. Uh, oh, potentially. But maybe. Well, I, I imagine structure could potentially help with the choice making. Yeah. But I don't know. Okay. Okay. So now, now I pick them up and I, I choose so. among the three. You're supposed to read them aloud. Oh, I am. According to the rules. Thank you. We are playing by the rules. Yes. Shuffles the submitted cards and reads each aloud. <laughs> oh, so you don't know which one I put down, which one Stephen put down? I, apparently not. Mm-hmm. Ooh. That's a wrinkle I hadn't considered. Oh. <laughs> All right, so then the storyteller, okay, reads them aloud. I have the worst date I have ever been on, dot, dot, dot. I have, I spend too much time, dot, dot, dot. Come on, you guys, you know. <laughs> and then Just I- rewind the table. <laughs> yeah. Right. I already said this one. Um, I miss the days when I could, dot, dot, dot. Mm-hmm. Okay, these are all so good. I am going to, I feel like, the so the one that I put down, I'm not supposed to reveal this probably, but I'm going to say that I did the worst date I've ever been on, mm-hmm. and that is kind of a fun story, mm. but I don't want to pick one, the one that I picked. Yeah. Well, see, now we know it's a fun story. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll do that one. Now. And listeners know it, too. Yeah. Fine. You don't have to. I mean, yeah, leave them with the mystery if you like. Right. Um, it's interesting. Those All three of those cards were half circles. Yeah. I don't know what the distinction means. Maybe maybe we'll learn by the end. Mm-hmm. Perhaps. Okay. I'll do this one. Worst date I've ever been on. It was a date that I uh, I asked Eric out on a date. Um, so we started dating. Eric's my husband. I think I've said that before. Mm-hmm. We've had him on the show before. Yes. Um, yeah, okay. So we started dating like halfway through our freshman year in college. Mm-hmm. And we were both in music school together. Uh, up up in Bemidji State. Not a place like super famous. It's very Go awesome. mascot of Bemidji State. Beavers. It's, <laughs> it's Beavers. Okay. Beavers. Right. Okay. I know. All right. Because they're industrious. Oh, industrious. Yep. Beavers. Yeah, anyway. Okay, anyway. so... Um, so I think it was like later that spring or in the middle of the summer, he like came over because I was living with my parents during the summer and like working somewhere nearby. Sure. And, uh, he lived in Montevideo and I lived in Monticello, but I think that summer he was living in Alexandria. Yeah. Alexandria. Yeah. Okay. He came and like stayed with me for the first time in Monticello Mm. and I wanted to make this make this like really romantic dinner so I made reservations at this restaurant called Russell's by the lake Mm -hmm. right with a name like that you know it's going to be fancy yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) Russell's by the lake Mm -hmm. and I had been there once before and for it was like a really special occasion with my family and Mm -hmm. things like that it's like a tablecloth 
on the table kind of deal. Yeah, it was. Oh yeah, it was. It's like they ha- they probably have like the little like crumb scrapers too, right? You know Ooh. that we could bring by. Yeah, I'm just imagining it. Right. right. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. Yeah, like fancy, fancy everything, fancy setting. And I remember, um, I had remembered I wanted to pick the spot because I remember it. I remembered it being really romantic and like very fancy and very mm-hmm. nice. And they had this. It's Russell's by the lake, right? right? And so they had this this nice like sunroom that mm-hmm. was like full of windows had all this great natural light mm-hmm. and it was overlooking the lake oh yeah yeah oh now i get it <laughs> <laughs> right right so i was so ex- i was so excited like i was, it was gonna be this romantic dinner and um you know we had just spent a year up in bemidji they have some nice restaurants up there but we were college students we couldn't afford that yeah <laughs> so like we've been living on ramen and peanut butter and pizza and, be- and beer basically because it's bemidji <laughs> okay so I made these reservations and we get, you know, we get there and I'm really excited and we all get dressed up and everything like that. And I remember, I had remembered it being fancy mm-hmm. and either my memory was faulty or my, like my definition of fancy had changed in the, in the intervening years or something had happened at the restaurant. So you it, did what I just did now. I imagined the whole thing, but it, maybe none of it's true. Well, it just didn't, it wasn't, it wasn't as fancy as before. <laughs> did they have a mascot? <laughs> <Does> <laughs> Oh, man. It really, it? really changes. They, they changed concepts. Yeah. <laughs> they changed concepts. It was still Russell's by the lake. Okay. But, like, I don't remember. I remember thinking, like, getting there and being like, well, it just doesn't feel as fancy as I remember it being. And the mm-hmm. menu didn't seem as fancy as I remember it being. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of just went downhill from there. So I had asked the, the staff to, like, put us next to the window, you know, because we were doing this romantic dinner. Mm-hmm. And we, we, got the, we got the seat that we wanted. But the reflection of the sunset on the lake it was beautiful until you had to sit down and the reflection <laughs> off the lake was like blazing oh. in your eye and so i was like developing a migraine as we were having oh, dinner <laughs> we couldn't like look at each other because the light was so blinding <sighs> did eric say you look radiant tonight? <laughs> <laughs> he, he <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. I can't remember. I was in pain. It's like an Eric pun, right? There. Yeah, it's, that would have been top tier Eric pun. And then, so like you know, we had dinner, but it wasn't like great, you know. Mm. And I had like talked to this restaurant up there. I was oh, really excited. I talked yeah. it up, and it was like yeah, okay. And then I get home and like sleep off the migraine. And then like six hours later, I got food poisoning. Oh my goodness! So it's like welcome to my home. You've met my family. It's the f- first time we've actually spent like a weekend together, really. And uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I spent most of it in really rough shape. Oh. You know, that would be a cute story if you didn't care so much about it going in. You know <laughs> exactly, what I mean? Yeah. Exactly. It'd be kind of like a fun sort of like, oh, yeah, it was like an adorable disaster. But because you had like hyped it up and it mattered so much in the moment, right. you, could, you couldn't make lemonade out of that. Oh, we laughed at it. I mean, we did laugh at it like because it, it just got worse and worse and worse. And, okay. and I had just <laughs> talked it up so much. And the whole fact that that happened was really funny. Yeah. And so we just – still funny. <laughs> but, yeah. That's my story. Yeah. Well, I will say, um, in the getting to know you part of this game, I don't know what we're supposed to do a- after the story is told. I, I think that's it. You just Then you just do it again. Yeah. But I will say, like, if that's your worst date, like, that's pretty good. Yeah, honestly. Like, that's a good sign, right? I mean, I, I'm the same as you. Dale and I got together when we were very young. So mm-hmm. I don't, I didn't, 
actually didn't go on any dates because it wasn't it was like you were yeah. going out with someone in in middle school or high school you never went on dates right yeah but uh i never went on dates with anyone but dale and so the worst date and our relationship's always been good so the worst date is usually something like that yeah so we're we're kind of lucky i guess yeah i can think of like nights out where things ended in like way poorer state but that's usually because like eric and i as a couple had gone to some party and that something happened at that party with ah. other you know like but that and that's not a date yeah right this yeah. is like one of the most datey dates we ever tried to date and it was terrible and so we didn't really do things i don't know yeah and like nights you go out and you're like and you're unhappy or frustrated or like you know you're in a bad mood or you're sick like mm-hmm. you don't remember those as bad dates because yeah. it's it just blends together with the life you're living yeah frankly right? the only reason this sticks out in my mind is because we had hyped, I had hyped it up so much <laughs> yeah. and because it was total like unmitigated disaster yeah. on multiple fronts mm. But that's also funny. <laughs> that's interesting. I maybe would have had a more engaging answer because I am not, not married. That is an excellent tease. <laughs> oh, shoot. And not answering it, though. It's, yep. So, sorry, <laughs> listeners. Should have oh, saved that well. question card. So yeah. I guess that means it's Steven now. Yeah. Nice games that club slash feedback. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we're all supposed to draw another card. So we have seven cards. Oh, okay. You don't even have the rules in front of you. I just remembered the rules from before. Yeah, I, I know. Them. You, you Man, did it figured five it out. It's, it's, it's weird it's that, you ha- that it gives you seven. Yeah. Like, that, like, I have plenty of choices amongst the six I have left. Right. So I think it's it's the game, I think, is trying to be kind to you to give you... This is... It's a balance, right? Like, you don't... If you have, like, really three awkward ones or something, whether you're going for awkward or not. Yeah. Um, but then seven, it almost gives you some choice paralysis. Yeah. Right? I yeah. think I think, you know... Well, it's seven and what, two to four players? Yeah. Something like that. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about that, what we just discovered, that, yeah. you know, you can save good questions for people who you think are going to give good stories. Um. Oh, I'm supposed to shuffle them, but I don't remember. Yeah. Is what, except for mine. Um, a risk I took that changed my life. I'm envious of people who, and I spend too much money on. Those are all good. Yes. Mm-hmm. Those are all great. They are. And they're all different symbols. You got a gray mm-hmm. square and a door, a drop. <laughs> I don't know. That's the thing. You're, like, you're put on the spot. And yeah. we're on air. <laughs> so well, it is interesting because like, you have to pick one. Yeah. Like, you you don't come up with the story until after you picked one. Yes. So how much of your brain space do you devote to like coming up with the first line of each of the three before picking one? Or do you just pick one and then start thinking about it? Well, kind of puts you in a weird space. I'm gonna pick a risk that I took that changed my life. I don't know what I'm gonna. Should we put a clock on this? Or... No, I, I have I have an answer, but it, feel, it feels like a cop out. I um well maybe not. I guess I could go into detail on mm-hmm. it because I've talked about this on the show before. Um, I uh have dropped out of school like two times <laughs> now. Um, and I uh I guess well that's not the risk. I dropped out of school because I wasn't a good student. <laughs> it wasn't a risk. I guess the risk was I was lazy. Not not quite lazy, but anyway. It was um, risky, but it wasn't a risk you took. Yes, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but I, I would say that like the biggest risk I think that I've taken really is like I've uh, getting into video games. I put a lot into it, and I ended up working like a bunch of jobs and earning a game experience and look appealing to people when I was trying to get hired. Um, and so, and, and part of that was um i think part of that like this decision was just me feeling very passionate about video games after mm-hmm. learning about how game designers go make their decisions when they're creating characters or uh developing systems and whatnot um and i just thought that was so really that was really cool and it was something that felt more interesting to me than mechanical engineering 
um, at the time when I was trying to study that. Uh, so I put a lot of time into that. But one thing I guess that listeners don't know that I will be candid about right now is that I kind of <laughs> – I um, did – I was not truthful to everybody when I was uh, learning uh, making games. I guess, uh, I think I, like, I, uh, you know, we, we used to record episodes at Glitch and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I told most people at Glitch that I had actually graduated from school at the time. I eventually I fessed up about it, mm-hmm. but, um. This was probably before, I don't remember you ever telling me that. Oh, yeah? Maybe we just never had that conversation. Yeah. Uh, possibly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I had lied about it. I also lied about it to my parents and, uh, my person, uh, who, the person who employed me. <laughs> Um, which I I didn't need the degree so like it wasn't that big of a deal but I I mostly just didn't want him asking me about it anymore yeah Uh, it's just a way to like Hmm. it's like not you didn't want to talk about it so that was the easiest way to not talk about it basically yeah Yeah. that's yeah you weren't trying to fool anybody exactly no no well and I think part of it was cowardice I'm not gonna lie Mm -hmm. um so yeah I I guess both the risk was like you know going diving into making video games but also Lying people about my uh, uh, education status. Well, so, I have a question yeah. for you. Yes. So I think the I do remember actually pretty early when I met you. Mm-hmm. You you did tell me that. So you oh, had okay. probably come clean to everybody by then. Yeah. Um. And so I remember you telling me about that. Yeah. Uh, I think it was before we started the show. I knew this. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, but I, that's actually I don't think is the interesting part of your story. Okay. I think the interesting part of your story is when you say you took a risk to to follow this dream. Mm. Now, the question I have for you is, yes. did you know it was a risk or did you, was it just something you wanted to do and later you realized how risky it was? Um, well, that's a good question. Uh, well, I, I think at that time I had like a job and I was staying with my parents. So mm-hmm. it wasn't like tremendously risky. I think the thing was, is me like completely switching gears to a new career path when I haven't yeah. actually had a career yet. Right. You shut off any potential Yes. For mechanical engineering Basically. going forward. Yeah. Right, right, right. And that was the risk. I, so I knew that at mm-hmm. the time. Um, but I also knew that like I was having a miserable time, time trying to study this um, this uh, major when I just, I wasn't into it. So mm-hmm. yeah. I thought it made way more sense for me to go for something that I felt passionate about and had more opportunities in um, at the time anyways uh, than mechanical engineering. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess I did know it was a risk at the time. Yeah. It was a whole thing with my parents. And I, you know, uh, came clean to them. Yeah. Well, oh, my yeah. mom forgave me much quicker than my dad did. But, you know, we, we've moved past that now. It's been many yeah. years since then. Well, okay. This is a little more of a difficult question. Okay. Is, I mean, you've now found success in, in this new career. Yeah. What if you didn't? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a fair question. But I, I guess I don't know what the answer would that would be. Mm-hmm. I would probably still be trying. I yeah. think. I mean, one of the things that was kind of nice about times back then is like i wasn't working on games full time like i am now so i had more uh, energy to work on video games after i was uh, not working or actually sometimes during work too because like it was kind of slow sometimes Uh, i was mostly just like typing up emails for my boss because he didn't uh, yeah he did he he was older and he didn't really know how computers worked uh so i did that for him and so i had enough time to like work on games sometimes Mm -hmm. as well um so so maybe that the risk then would be to just continue on having jobs but not a career yes like yeah. and to keep trying, mm-hmm. yeah, because yeah. it doesn't. It seems like from your description, you wouldn't have changed your mind. Yeah, I think so. I don't think I would have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there. You know, I'm, I'm kind of. 
I'm kind of of the opinion that like there probably isn't like one soulmate for every person and there probably isn't yeah. one like perfect fit job for every person. Oh yeah, yeah. But there's a I think there's huge risk in trying to pursue a career that you feel nothing for. Yeah. Yeah. Or antipathy for, you yes. know? Like cuz then you're not going to be there's no chance you're going to be good at it. Mm-hmm. Some of these cards have different designs on their back. I've just now noticed that. Sorry. <laughs> well, you can't play poker with them. Yeah, I guess not. No, um, that's true. Yeah, a few of them. There's different ones. All right. Well, that's me. That's Steven. Yes. Okay. That was a very honest answer. Oh, mm-hmm. thank you. Ten points. <laughs> yes. That's I'm not winning. That's not any rules. There are no. There have not been any. No, nah, there's points now. Is it healthy to encourage him? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so everyone gets another card. Yes. All right. Now Mark's answering one. Yeah. Mark's you don't turn. have to be as candid as I was. <laughs> oh. That is kind of interesting because there's, yeah. there's a bit of a social pressure, right? Like yeah. when you play this with friends or, or with a spouse or something to like to put up as much as they put up. Yeah, you know? I suppose that's true. Um, I, I imagine... That's a kind of pressure that everything else I've seen in this game uh, doesn't doesn't force you to do. Yeah. But that I think, and maybe that's, I mean, it's probably healthy. I, yeah, um, I was going to say, I think that's part of the game. Why are there three cards already? I didn't put one down. Did someone put two down? This is the one I put down. This is the one I put down. This is the one I put down. So this is extra. Someone drew it? Oh. Um, oh, wait, is that the one that I... Count your cards, Mark. One, two, three, four, five. Oh, so I, somehow I dropped one. Yeah, this wasn't from my hand. Okay, great. This is hard. Shouldn't be this hard. Feels like this is just no, they're necessary. really well-written questions. I think that's the yeah. thing that's really cool. Well, they're, well, if it helps, I might not pick it. Yeah, that's that does actually help. That's kind of it's that's kind of interesting. This this game is interesting. Yeah. In that way. Like you're right. Like it, it feels like it feels a little bit like Cards Against Humanity, but instead of you like really hoping you're you're like picking a card based off of you know what you think the other person's gonna enjoy so you yeah, can get the points. Yeah. It's more like you put a card down, um, and then if you don't get your card picked, you still get an interesting story at the end of it. Now so I wonder if, if we had played with the more formal rule set, yeah. we'd be less distracted by the the, the 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 basic level of the not full rule set. Well, yeah. I mean, as game designers, maybe it would have gone faster if we just had some tokens. <laughs> we could we could try that next if we okay. want. We'll finish one round. And we can All right, I've got three cards now. Steven okay. has picked one. Mm-hmm. Go go go. Okay. I wish I could still get away with. Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> I wish I could spend more money on. Dot, dot, dot. The memory I wish I could erase. Dot, dot, dot. Huh. That's interesting. These are good ones. Yeah. Yeah. And they're good ones for Mark. You think so? I think so. Yeah. Probably good ones for everyone, actually. (laughs) To buy myself some time, tell me why. Yeah. That's cheating. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Put them down on the table so I can remind myself what they are. Um, Okay. So... I just don't. Okay, so first one, I wish I could get still get away with blank. blank. I just don't really think of you as someone who's ever like tried to get away with much. Um, That's true. Mm. I wish I could spend more money on you. Also, like you also struck me as someone who's like, if you think something's really necessary, you're gonna find a way to get the right fit for your life. And something things that you don't have are because you don't really need them or want them. And the memory I wish I could erase is just a great question for anyone. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'm sort of with you. I mean, I'll briefly answer the two I'm not going to do. So I wish I could still get away with I agree. I don't have a lot I would put in this. Yeah. I mean, the one thing I could put in here is that, like, you know, when I was a kid, I could eat candy, like, yeah. with abandon. But yeah. I can't. I have diabetes. So, like, mm, but right. that's not, it's frankly not that interesting. Um, I wish I could spend more money on, like, the simple answer to that is, like, I would like to spend more money on Noble Robot. 
Yeah. Mm. Make it okay. a business, hire some people. Yeah. I don't have the money for that. Right. Yeah. But I think that's a pretty common. It's not also not that interesting. Mm. Um, the memory I wish I could erase. So I do have one for this Ooh. that is sort of interesting. Cool. That's the juicy one. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking about this the other day because um, one of the things that I get very nervous about these days yeah. is I think this happens to everyone as they get older. You get worried about the sort of permanence of things like yeah. you know like you could lose a finger like mm. that kind of thing like mm-hmm, the, the mm-hmm. F- physical things um i i become much more timid and fearful as a person throughout my 30s sure um and part of that is like you notice that there's like a scar that doesn't go away as quickly mm. or you realize that you you know like i have a little floater in my eye a lot of people do a little scratch yeah um and for years it was just like sometimes i'd see it most of the time i don't yeah and i'm like okay this is a thing whatever and then one day i realized it was never going to go away yeah and that's a very was a very strange feeling like why i didn't realize that before yeah um and you know i've been i'm a person who has dealt with permanence in in a lot of ways mm-hmm. but what the memory I wish I could erase because what I think supercharged my sort of timidness in a lot of these things is um, is about ten years ago now. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to uh, London with my family. It's the first family trip with my parents and siblings um, and all our spouses. Um, I we went and it was going to be a week in. Uh, London and a week in. See, I don't remember this now exactly. A couple of days in Scotland, then in Amsterdam. We're going to do a couple of things. Yeah, like a two-week trip. Okay. Um, and so three days in, um, we're on our way to see um, uh, is it Mousetrap, the famous uh, play that's been running forever. Mm, that, okay. And <laughs> um, uh, Dale and I are on our way with that. We'd split up for different event uh, uh, activities during the day, and then we're on our way to the theater to watch this play. And I, uh, I tripped and fell inside a tube station and, uh, in a crowd, and I broke my arm. Uh, like, clear break. Yeah. Uh-huh. And it's... In a different country. Yeah. Uh, so, so this is a really fun story. So I'll tell the story. <laughs> and, then I'll get, like... and then I'll get back to, to how it changed me and why I would like to forget it. Okay, yeah. all right, all right. Because the story is really fascinating. So I, uh, I fell on my right elbow mm-hmm. and um, I, I could hear a k- 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 as I kind of oh. moved it. Oh, and I instinctually, I just knew instinctually, I didn't know what was going on. I yeah. actually didn't, I didn't even consider that it was fully broken. Yeah. I just in my head, like, don't move it at all. Like, yeah. complete, huh. leave it completely still, don't touch it. And I think I credit that to the fact that, like, I have full use of my arm this, these days. Mm-hmm. But, I, like, instantly knowing that I wasn't going to test it out. Yeah. I'm a tested out kind of person. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Find its limits. But I just like, no, I'm not going to touch it. We're going to, mm. like, should we go to the hospital? Like, I didn't, you know, I didn't really know what to do. I had Dale with me, which was very useful mm. because I had a whole other brain doing some thinking, which yeah. if you get injured somewhere unfamiliar, have someone with you. Yeah. It's yeah. my best advice. You're down to like a quarter brain. But also, what was really interesting and what I'm very thankful for is so, is rush hour traffic oh. on, on the tube. So, shoulder to shoulder, in the lobby area of the place. Forget oh, on the train. Yeah. So I was also thinking about like, where do we go if we go anywhere? Like, look, let's find a hospital. Where's the closest one? Is that one okay? Well, what do we do? We're, we're not from here. Uh, well, how does, we have to go to A&E. It's <laughs> accident and emergency. It's yeah. not, called an, not called the ER. Oh. I knew that from British television. <laughs> but, uh, but that information was not useful to me because yeah. it's, it's obvious. Right, and, right, right. So, but I was like, you know, I felt like, okay, I... I knew I could figure it out, but I didn't know what to do, mm-hmm. right? And so, but one of the, an interesting thing that happened right away was um, somebody, uh, uh, a couple of people like said like, oh, are you okay, whatever? And one person was a doctor. Oh. And they, and they, and they saw, and, they, and, and I think, I, I don't know actually know how they got 
how I got their attention because mm-hmm. I didn't ask anybody for help. Yeah. Dale was with me, so I knew I had help. You probably yeah. just looked like you were sort of in shock. Yeah, and so the person advised me to do. I, so I'm wearing a button-down shirt now, so I'll show this to the both of you. Yeah. But I had my arm out, and they advised me to take my the buttonhole from uh, uh, one half of my shirt and make it into a sling. Oh. And then button. On the other side, so uh, oh, I, there's, I'm sure there's a, uh, images of this online. Yeah. Okay. And so that, so I, I was able to bind up my shirt w- or, or my arm with my shirt, and mm. it was, it functioned exactly like a sling. That's like, amazing. Felt, it was, a, it's amazing. It's a weird trick that I've never had need for since, but Thank really goodness. needed it that day, and w- was wearing the right shirt, and yeah. somebody told me the trick. Okay. In that moment, it's a weird twist of fate because I don't know how I would have been able to keep still right. yeah. until I got to the hospital. So then Dale and I, we, we looked at the tube map. We figured out where the hospital was. Yeah. And um, um, and we got we had to get on the train, uh, take a different train right. to get there. Oh, yeah. Shoulder to shoulder, rush hour. I'm in no pain this whole time. Okay. I'm That's, just, so you were totally like Totally in shock. shock. Yeah. 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 Okay. And, so, and just and wondering and thinking like, okay. And so... And then it was just waiting in the 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 you know the the A and E for a couple hours. Took some X rays. Like holy shit, it's broken. And then I got admitted. They yeah. scheduled the surgery. Yeah. And so it was a. I had surgery that night yeah. or the next morning, I think. And um, it, so really interesting story. Being hurt in a foreign country. I think a lot right. of people have stories like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but also it ended my vacation, right? Oh yeah. And so. <laughs> Bummer. Yeah. So I spent. So Dale had a great time. Like, oh. <laughs> and it gives me some comfort, actually. Yeah. Okay. Um. She really. En- I mean, we're both systems people, so we yeah. like, we like enjoyed being at the hospital, seeing yeah. how it worked. You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. And uh. You know, the, the, there's the whole. Uh, um. I mean, people make jokes about this, but like the difference in like American and British insurance. Yeah. Situation. Like the fact that like the wait in the waiting room was longer, mm-hmm. but the 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 service there was no hiccups about like signing papers where like you're a person we'll take you in the yeah. doctors didn't understand anything about insurance because it's not part of their job to know anything about insurance sure yeah. and, I, and i i appreciated in that moment that that is in fact probably the principal benefit of a of a public uh, health system mm. is that doctors don't have to be experts on insurance yeah. yeah like i like i think that more so than the actual financial benefit to patients i think that matters a lot mm. um and so uh, that was an interesting thing to see firsthand because there was no one i could ask questions to they're like we don't know anything about that why right. do, why do, why should we know about that yeah and so it's just like okay well whatever we'll figure it out later yeah. it wasn't a, it wasn't something we were that worried about yeah it's like I, this is my arm i have to get it fixed yeah. we're like, gonna get if it we fixed. get a, if we get a big bill later that's a problem for later like it wasn't yeah. really yeah. we just decided not to worry about it yeah um, a fun fact about that is that when I got home, um, I got a uh, I got a bill, um, and it was not bad. Okay. Um, um, <laughs> okay. But in the thing, it said, "Just so you know, if you don't pay this, you, it might be harder for you to get a visa in the UK going forward." And I'm like, "That's all they could threaten me with." Yeah. <laughs> like. <laughs> We, we paid the bill. Yeah. Um, and in fact, we submitted it to our insurance, yeah. and they paid the bill. Okay. So it was fine. Hmm. Um, it actually, was just we had just used our own insurance. It's actually yeah. kind of simpler than I thought it would be, frankly. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was kind of intuitive in a sense. <laughs> so if you're going to break your arm, get but it broken I, in the but UK. I, but I could have I stiffed NHS if I wanted to, because yeah. <laughs> they really could have done, done I could have gone back there. I could have. They were hard, slightly harder for me to get away. But work you're not the kind of person who gets away with stuff. I'm not the kind of person who gets away okay. with stuff. Very, yeah. very good thing. So, <laughs> all right. So that's the whole, basically the whole story. Okay. There's more to it, but that's enough of it for now. Um, but the thing is, is, since then, I have been much more timid and nervous about physical ailments, about injuries, mm. about, and I'm also always nervous about when Dale is holding, taking something out of the oven. Like I'm, I'm very. It's bad. It's, it's a, it's a. 
and that and that and it's been almost a decade now and that yeah. permanently changed me yeah and, and made me much more timid um i'm i you know i'm i'm a I'm an, uh, I'm a, a, a bike commuter. And mm-hmm. so, and I, I recently got injured. I told the story on the show. I recently mm-hmm. got injured uh, uh, by a car that was parked in a bike lane. Right. And like, those are moments where I was just, it, it was worse in my head than it really was. Sure. And I got an- more angry about it because it threatened my, my sense of self and safety. Yeah. Because I feel very safe riding a bike in the city. I feel mm-hmm. very safe. I have good experience. I know how it works. I, I follow the rules. Yeah. Um, I keep a, an eye out for cars that don't because you have to, but I'm mm-hmm. alerted enough to know. To keep, but so when something goes wrong with that, I'm a wreck. It really, mm-hmm. and so I do wish I could have forgotten that because I don't know if that tibbiness has gotten me anything. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's made me any safer. I don't think I've avoided injury yeah. in the future because of it, but it's something I think about all the time now. And it, it maybe has cost you some experiences down well, Perhaps. I mean, I love places, but I hate travel. And okay. that's, that's always been true. <laughs> yeah. So I don't, I don't know. But I wouldn't go that far necessarily. Okay. And part of that is because of my diabetes. It makes it very hard for me to go places. Yeah. I need yeah. to pick supplies. Yeah. I have to plan my day. Yeah. It's, it's not fun. Sure. Travel is so unfun for me. Mm-hmm. And so when I'm able to do it, it's a big effort. And even on that London trip, it was, it was already pretty rough because of that. Yeah. Um, so I was already geared not to do anything. But I was also never going to be a person who bungee jumped. So maybe sure. I didn't miss out on a lot of stuff like that. Okay. Um, but I think you're probably right. Well, I, I mean, even just the weight of having that on your shoulders all the time yeah. is, is – is you know is it it, it it takes a lot it takes a lot yeah it's like I an emotional that. tax yeah. right yeah. yeah yeah um thank you for sharing that yeah. yeah yeah i'm glad you can still use your arm yeah yeah it was a long process you, you you do a lot of physical therapy in fact i don't think i can stretch it all the way to where i could before but it's you know i i can't hyperextend my arm i don't oh. know if i could prior yeah you can um, yeah i have a freaky weird arm um but it's it it was a great it was a good recovery process i, yeah. I was very diligent about it and i had i had good people here uh, there's a, a place in Minnesota called uh, Tria. Uh, it's a private hospital for this sort of thing, yeah. but it's part of our uh, part of the the network uh, uh, of hospitals around here, and they specialize in this sort of thing. Oh, um, okay. And so, um, and it's a big place. It's not like hard to get to. It's just they they are just very good at this sort of thing. And so I had I had a really good recovery process. Awesome. But it was it did take six to eight months to get full usage back my, yeah. my hands were always fine and that was something really that i felt very lucky that i never there was no tendon injury i never had any yeah. pain yeah. of that but uh but yeah it was a little while before i could sit in my arm so it was a constant reminder for a long time yeah. but that but that part of it wasn't the thing i that that i cared about mm. it was it was the other part the and the sort of hapless recklessness of it yeah um and you weren't even reckless it just happened, right? You just tripped. No, I mean, I was, I was like, yeah, it was. I don't know. It was. It was. I think it was my fault. Like, <laughs> well, I, I mean, I guess tripping is your fault. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, quote unquote. But like, it's what I'm saying is you weren't doing anything risky. Basically, there's no, there's every reason to think that a different roll of the dice would have, yeah. I wouldn't have been injured. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah, right. what I'm saying. And that's that is really part of the the concern. And yeah. it's like the, the mon- mundanity, or mundanity, mundanity, like a yeah. mundane setting. Like it's you're in the subway. You know, and I've had my share, fair share of injuries, nothing that bad. But no, that's not true. But it's not my story time. <laughs> Point being is it, it just happens. All of a sudden you're like, oh, dude, I'm yeah. just doing this thing. And, all. and then you're like, that's oh, it. I'm just bleeding. The, the suddenness of it, the yeah. permanence yeah. of it, that's the thing yeah. that I just can't. I'm always thinking about it now. Yeah. Yeah.
So, Stephen, we've been doing this for six years. Six years. And we've been doing this with you for over a year. A while, yeah. Uh, for two years. Yes. Over two years. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Time As long as the pandemic has gone. So, yes. <laughs> so, so forever. Yeah. <laughs> so, in all that time, in the middle of the show, we sometimes ask you to do something for us. We say, hey, leave us a review. Hey, give us some feedback. Hey, join the Discord. But I think the ask we have today, oh, we also sometimes ask for money. Yes. <laughs> we sometimes do that. We're not doing that today? Or nope, nope. Okay, okay. Get a t-shirt. Yep. We're just not doing any of that. We're doing the most simple, most basic ask of you okay. as our listener, which is just tell somebody about the show. Yeah. Say, hey, this is Game Dev Show. It's really great and super fun. You can yeah. fill whatever adjectives you like. Yes. I'm not, you know, I'm not here to We're all about rules. adjectives. <laughs> we are, though. We are. Yeah. And tell a friend. Tell a colleague. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell a stranger. Uh, you know, something on social media. I think that word of mouth is the sort of core for a small show like ours. Yes. And I think that's how a lot of our listenership has developed. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's interesting. Well, sometimes to get a little pockets of listenership that sprout all over the world in random places. Yeah. And we don't know where it comes from. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I mean, much like the nature of a, of a, a respiratory illness spreading across the world, you can't always trace it. And I think there's something fascinating about that. Uh-huh. I don't know why I'm using this metaphor. <laughs> no, please. Please stop. No more. <laughs> But what that means, what that means, is that there is somebody telling somebody else about the show. Yes, and I think more of that would be nice. Yeah. So you know, if you're part of a game dev community, or you're part of an online community, or you have friends you talk to, or, or even people who think, oh yeah, I, I want to know more about the work you do as someone who makes games, even if they themselves don't make games. Yeah. You say, well, if you want to know more about game design, this is a show that explains it. Right. 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 Um, and I mean, you can take it in a bunch of different ways you can send them just our website which is very uh very cool looking mm-hmm. um you can send them a, one of your favorite episodes you can send them an interview of somebody who they appreciate um there's a bunch of different ways you can approach it yeah one way you could do is if if you if someone is looking for resources on a topic yes check out our website see if we've done an episode on it mm-hmm. and share that um i think our backlog uh is a treasure trove of information that i think uh, would be valuable for more people to take advantage of. Absolutely. Uh, and of course, we would love more listeners, and this is why we're making the ask. Yes. Um, but I think everybody wins. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Let your friends know. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. 
And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. So that was that game. Now here's this game. <laughs> this would be a good hey. moment for us. Hey. <laughs> hey. We haven't used Martha's all-purpose transition in a while, I don't think. No. Probably we should work. use it in this moment, right? It's the, it's, it's it's six the sixth anniversary. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, All right, Ellen, get it, get her done. Okay, so we played, we played. <laughs> oh, cut, cut that for sure. Yeah, Sorry, that's yeah. gonna be out. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Just to save you from. Yeah. <laughs> My bad. We played. Where should we begin? Mm-hmm. A game of stories by Esther Perel, which was very nice. And now we're gonna play. I guess not really play. This is not a game. It's, it's just fifty it's not... questions for insane conversations oh, okay. by Chuck Klosterman. And you know, we we definitely I think we were vibing with where should we begin. The the, the rules were very nice. It was yeah. very yeah, okay. It's so a the, good conversation starter. Yeah, good I conversation think we would have liked to go around the horn again, but mm-hmm. I think we just ran out of time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we want to do at least one of these other ones. Mm-hmm. So um this one, the tone, the tone of this game is a little different. So what I'm going to do, I've got these giant cards. Yeah, have... it's, a, it's a deck of like four by six inch cards. Yeah. So they're big. They're big. They all have titles that are evocative. Yeah, evocative titles like Euphoria, Fever, Grizzly, Weather, Homeless Boulevard, Underground Dreamhouse. Anyway, and then on the other side of each card, they have like a paragraph kind of setting the context and then a question. So I'm just going to deal a couple out to each of you. Does this game have rules too? No. Oh, maybe. So, like, you want us to pick a title and then you'll flip it over and we'll do the prompt. I was just gonna. Are we gonna do just one? Uh, we'll see how many we can get through. Yeah, we'll get, go through a, a couple. Two of or three them. of them. Yeah. I'm gonna. Okay, so I'm just gonna deal a couple out to each of us. Yeah. And so we'll just like throw a couple in a stack, and then we'll go through the ones in the stack. So we'll we'll first go through one filter to see that we're picking some good. So ones. everyone pick one from their hand. Yeah, and then just toss it in. And a... just from the titles, not from the. No, you can look. You can skim the actual question. Oh, okay. Oh, I'm not gonna do that. Yeah, I'm not okay. gonna either. All right, all right, okay. <laughs> so the three that we picked were the Mind Killer, Worldwide Perfection, and the Moon Fight. Not Moon Knight. Moon Moon Fight. Right. Moon Fight. The Moon Fight. Yes. Um, so let's just grab one and try it. Let's do Mind Killer. Okay. All right. All right. Do you want to read it out? Uh, sure, I will. Okay. That's that's the one I picked. Yeah. You become friends with a charismatic Spanish insurance salesman who claims to be a mystic. Mm. At first, you think he's just an interesting weirdo, but then a mutual acquaintance mysteriously dies in his sleep, and your Spanish friend tells you, I killed that guy. I killed him with my mind. You find this disturbing and inappropriate, but you decide to let it go. Two weeks later, an unpopular local politician dies in his sleep. I killed that man too, said your Spanish friend. I killed him with my mind. This is annoying and tasteless. <laughs> but once again, you let it go. The very next day, the Spanish insurance salesman calls you on the telephone and says, check the newspaper and see what I did with my mind. It's in the entertainment section. When you open the newspaper, you see an obituary for singer-songwriter Tori Amos. Well, now I'm furious. This, this is me talking. Okay. okay. <laughs> the article says she mysteriously died the night before. Technically, this proves nothing, but nonetheless, you confront your Spanish friend and tell him that you've grown tired of all his, his hypothetical mind-murdering, and you no longer want to be his friend. Uh-huh. Don't you dare shut me out of your life, he says. You are my best friend. You must remain in my life. I'm not sure what I would do if you ever betrayed me. Question. Do you main, remain friends with this possibly delusional, possibly dangerous Spaniard? You have no physical proof that he can actually kill people with his mind. The fact that he's a Spaniard is just a red herring. 
Uh, yes. <laughs> okay. It's, it's. I guess it's to reveal who of your friends uh, hates the Spanish. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. Uh, I. I no. I don't want to be friends with this person. Yeah. They see. But you don't me. know what he would do. I don't. He might attempt to mind murder. Well, you. then do it. Dang it. Jeez. <laughs> Start something. Bluff called. <laughs> right. <laughs> I feel like this one's ripe for my, like, I'm afraid of everything mm. kind of re- revelation that yeah. I just revealed in the last part of the show. Mm-hmm. But there's nothing in here that would make me scared of this person. Right. I think I'm actually disappointed with this question because there's not enough in the story that would make me – I guess that's the point. You're supposed to see, well, what's your threshold for maybes? Well, but like, And it also doesn't give you any reasons why you might like want to stay friends with this person. Right. Um. I mean, so you've you've – Stayed friends with this person through a couple really tasteless comments. Yeah. Honestly, the scariest thing that this this person says is the very last thing. It's like, you better stay friends with me or else. Right. Yeah. Like that's, that's abusive. That's right. Abusive. That's, right. Exactly. Regardless of their ability to murder you with their mind, mm-hmm. that's that's a scary thing. Yes. Yeah. So um, they may do something else that's scary. Exactly. Right, like right. they've all murders start in the mind, I guess. Yeah. Mm. You know. Yeah. So mind killer or not, like that person is no good. Um, so no, I would not stay friends with them, yeah. but also like restraining order. Maybe? Yeah, there's also something of like having the privilege to be able to not be afraid of the person who says that stuff to you. That's right, true. Like I like I feel like I'm not scared of this person, but I'm like I don't know. It, I I could see I'm I have the privilege of not being afraid of that threat. Mm. I think. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because it could it, it could mean anything. Yeah. I thought when you picked that one, it was going to be, I should have realized it. It's the mind killer, not the killer mind. That would have been more. Because <laughs> I don't know, this mind just like really smart or something. That would have been yeah. fun. I thought it was a Dune reference. He's an insurance oh. salesman. Yeah. That's another red herring. Insurance salesman? It's just another red herring. Yeah. And that's okay. the thing about this. this but also, particular... why would I be friends with this person? Yeah. <laughs> Apologies to any listeners who are insurance salesmen. <laughs> You met in Spain or something. Yeah. Oh, of yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. A lot of the questions in this deck are kind of like that. They have like tons of detail and then like yeah. the relevant stuff. Is yeah, they can't weird. all be winners, I think. I suppose yeah. so. Let's, let's try the next one. Yes. Okay. Uh, I'll read this. Yeah, you can do yours. I'll, oh, I'll read mine. Yeah. yeah you the can moon yours. fight. The moon fight. Um, I hope it's a fighting game. That's beautiful. A total stranger picks a fight with you in a bar. This stranger is exactly your size and weight. You have done nothing to this individual to warrant such animosity, but the stranger really wants to fight you. And to make matters weirder, the stranger wants to fight you on the moon, and this is somehow possible. You and this stranger will be transported to the surface of the moon, outfitted in ultra-thin and very comfortable spacesuits, and rigged with lightweight oxygen tanks. You will then be expected to fight for 10 three-minute rounds. You can't use weapons, there are no rules, and you cannot quit unless you or your opponent are knocked unconscious. Do you accept this challenge? And if yes, what is your moon fighting strategy? This is <laughs> You picked the best card for you. I know. Yeah. That's amazing. Are oh, you sure I, you didn't? We're going to hear your that? answer first. <laughs> well, okay, okay. As much as I like fighting games, I don't actually like fighting. Mm-hmm. That being said, I have... <laughs> <laughs> I have been interested in like taking up boxing classes or something. Well, right. Yeah, do so it. That... On, the, on the moon specifically. Oh yeah, on the moon specifically. That's yeah. the where, that's where the good fighting is. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so I, well, okay, we're just fighting. Yeah, I'd do it. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I think I'd give it a what's, shot. What's your moon fighting strategy? I yeah. would try boxing because I want to learn that anyways. So yeah. this is a good excuse. And for some reason, this person wants to fight me. I don't know. And yeah, but what, what about what's your moon fighting strategy? Oh, I'm sorry. Good. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Yep. Um. So uppercuts would maybe knock the your opponent up 
in the air. Clear <laughs> off, the, the clear off that rocky surface. That'd be fun, huh? Boom. Um, so I don't know. I'm going to go for the uppercuts. Yeah. But you, you'd move. Your movement has to be much more because it's because you're. Well, no. Really, if you try, and if you tried to fight someone on the moon, you'd be tripping all the time. There's yeah. this great footage yeah. of astronauts tripping on the moon, right? Because it's just hard to walk, and that's why they always like skip and hop and stuff. Yeah. Because it's the only way to keep your balance. So I guess my strategy would try to be to stay still. That's a bad strategy for fighting. Yeah. Uh, maybe not though. You could like judo it. I mean, I don't know any judo, and maybe you don't know any judo. <laughs> I definitely don't. Okay, but like think about it. Like that, you stand still. Like, uh-huh. As still as a moon rock. Yeah. And they come after you and they're like, ah, and you just kind of like grapple them and just pwah, toss them off into oh. the air and they fly for a while and poof into a big <laughs> thing of moon dust. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. It's 10 three minute rounds. This is an endurance. This is boxing. Oh, it really is boxing. boxing yeah. Right? yeah. Okay. I'm just, that's my strat. It's definitely boxing. And I, I think I, I, it feels bad to just stand there. Well, no, the other person's going to have a hard time. No, it's not because of the audience. I don't care what they think. Who says there, there's no audience? I know. That's the joke. It's just a, a private score settling on the moon. <laughs> yeah. yeah. How do we know? I think if there was around. an audience, then you could like attract attention. You could use it. You could do some self-promotion. Yeah. You'd get something out of this fight. <laughs> no, you could totally. It doesn't say you can't have an audience either. Right. So, maybe this is the right, only Right. Can you attach conditions? Yeah. Maybe like, this is ESPN2 the- <laughs> needs to be there. <laughs> this might be the only way you can go to the moon. I don't know. Uh, just see that's interesting that might be the only way I'd say yes okay is it's an it's opportunity to, to go to the moon because mm, mm-hmm. I was just thinking what would I get out of this yeah and it, like going because, to the moon I mean in the initial scenario is someone challenges you to a fight I yeah. feel like if you're in a bar and someone challenges you to a fight you kind of can't say no because yeah. they have the ability to say yes for you right they can start swinging yes and then you just have to decide like you run away or do you engage or, you know there's some dilemmas there mm-hmm. but if then they just propose this scenario and I can just say no yeah of course I would say no right but I do kind of want to go to the moon yeah yeah the moon. yeah it's the moon the moon I'd 100% say yes yeah <laughs> okay 100% <laughs> I don't I don't feel like I don't know to you <laughs> you know me <laughs> Doesn't out of my wheelhouse. Yeah, I, I suppose. I actually I did a lot of sparring when sparring. When yeah. I was in oh, high okay. School. So you have so some confidence. I do like um, against someone your same size and weight. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right, because it doesn't say they have your same skills. They're just your same size and weight. So if you have skills, they don't have skills, then you'd win. Yeah, I feel like the presence of being on the moon, I would feel pretty evenly matched with anyone my size or weight. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I mean, I guess someone in better shape than me, I suppose. So I wouldn't be that as worried about that. On planet Earth, I would be like, I, there'd be so many unknowns about what that right. person could do. Right. Um, well, the unknowns still apply. Like, they might be your size and weight, but they also might be, like, MMA super Yeah, but fighter. I feel like even an MMA fighter on the moon is going to have to – they'll, oh, they'll, be, cons- they'll be constrained by their knowledge as much as yeah. they'll be benefit from it. Yeah, they totally will. Because yeah. it, it's such a different venue. But it's 10 All of their rounds. muscle memory. Like, you, you are figuring – if I mean, assuming you've done some sparring, but but my, I have no fighting experience. Mm. I would be figuring it out in the moment, right. which I would be – which would be fine. But then the person who has a bunch of skills they bring to the table – would be unlearning a bunch of stuff. Yeah, yep. that's true. It's basically like somebody who's been practicing a fighting game and just been practicing the combos and then they go to an actual tournament against somebody who just button mashes. You're going to lose the button masher because you're trying to apply knowledge that you don't actually know how to apply. Yeah. Mm. Um, so, yeah. yeah. That's what, that's the only time I'm ever good at fighting games is when I can just read the strategy. I'm, I can't memorize any of that crap. Like, <laughs> that's not interesting to me. Yeah. And I don't have the capacity to, to care about it. So yeah. I'm, I'm good when I can like 
get some basic strategy and then apply some button mashing. Yeah. And I feel like that is my moon fighting strategy. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I feel button like that's mash. perfectly yeah. reasonable strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know what? Strategy. Honestly, I, I would still say no. Even if you go to the moon. Yeah, I just I feel I feel too ethically bound by the fact by my sort of anti-violence, mm. my pacifism. Like, okay. I I I'd have to say no. Like, if that's the only way to go to the moon, I would be known as the person who went to the moon to fight a guy. Oh dang! Like, yeah, you put I have it in the that same perspective. <laughs> no way, I'm okay. into it. Hundred percent. I would be on the moon. I would sell ESPN tickets or get sponsored by Red Bull or whatever. Oh no! And then we would fight on the moon, and we'd probably be friends forever. Be like, hey, you know what? I beat you. Oh, see, so yeah. If, I if, leave if a beer. you would come to some sort of like common, you know, uh, experience and enjoy the majesty of the, you know, the little blue marble mm. as you're both like <laughs> ble- bleeding out on the surface of the moon, like you could bond over that. If that was a potential, not still say no. <laughs> right. Nope. No. No. I, there's, there's no weapons. There's no. There's no glory in battle. That's that's my opinion. Nah. Fighting on the moon would be amazing. <laughs> QED. Hundred <laughs> percent in. This was strategy. A good, a good question. Yeah. Don't have one. No. Show up. See, it started out rough, but then we brought some stuff to it. I we think did. That's, yeah. I think that's how this works. This is how this works. All, All right, right, Ellen, you got one. Last one. Yeah. Yep. Worldwide perfection. Oh dear. Wow, that's a long paragraph. Oh my. Oh, that is long. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, they barely fit the question on the end of this card. <laughs> scientists build. Scientists build. Those scientists always up to stuff. Scientists build a massive space station that allows mankind to control the worldwide weather. Good. (laughs) We kind of need it right now. As a result, there are no more weather emergencies. There are no more droughts or floods or tornadoes, and global warming has been eliminated. I'm on it. I'm for it. Don't even need to. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) This is the plot of the 1998 movie The Avengers, Ah, based on the British television series. Mm -hmm. Anybody know that movie? I I do, yeah. Okay. (laughs) Go on. (laughs) However... There is an immediate demand for quote unquote perfect days. Because the weather can be controlled, many people want the weather to be nicer and more predictable. A large segment of the populace wants there to be two specified dates, April 22nd and October 22nd, where every place on Earth would simultaneously experience ideal weather conditions for 24 hours. These two days would become worldwide holidays, ideal for weddings, reunions, outdoor sporting events, and any tourism or traveling that demands meteorological perfection. Every community on Earth would have perfect weather on these two designated days. However, the environmental community claims that this might be risky. There's no precedent for worldwide perfection, and environmental leaders fear that this could create problems we cannot foresee. It can't be nice everywhere, says Universal Weather Czar Al Gore. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) At any given moment, at least one-third of the planet needs to be dealing with semi-crappy weather. However, no one can specify... I like how this question is absolutely not researched. Yeah. (laughs) No. And Just that feels right. <laughs> it has no, the question has nothing to do with weather, uh, I think. Okay. But the question, it says it has to do with weather, but it's about yeah. more than that. Um, well, I'm looking forward to it in the five minutes it takes you to read the rest of this. Right. I'm, I'm, I feel, you guys, I'm down to the last sentence. Okay. Just let me get there. Okay. At, at any given moment, at least one third of the planet needs to be dealing with semi-crappy weather. However, no one can specifically prove why this alleged perfection would be dangerous because it's never happened before. Mm-hmm. Here's the question. Okay. Mm-hmm. Where would you stand on this issue? Do you want the perfect, although potentially harmful, days? No. Yeah, this one's easy. Suck like, it up, Buttercup. Seem, yeah. Well, also you can it's just have a rolling perfect days. Like this feels like the the that's all. That's a better solution. Yeah. yeah. You know. It's a weird one. Like people in the, the southern hemisphere often complain about how Christmas is summer where they they are, and mm. that makes it 
a difficult that makes it weird culturally. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. Christmas has a worldwide iconography, yeah. or it has come to have a worldwide iconography yeah. of snowy weather. Right. That that's this is introducing something like that. If they're big holidays, why not do it by time zone? Yeah. I'm, I'm confused as to why anyone would argue for this. Why would everybody across the world need a perfect day on the exact day? Like, that doesn't yeah. make any sense. It would introduce agree. so many problems. This, this, yeah. is, this is three game designers answering this question. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly it. The, the benefit from this kind of setup would be the predictability, not right. the having it on a specific day. It's right, having right. it be predictable. Oh. Okay, so let's let's uh, let's solve that problem and say that this, the proposal is that uh, standardized perfect days you know, r- rotating or whatever. Yeah. Um, and that's what Al Gore says is risky. Yeah. Like, would be, would be, be in favor of, like, people being able to predict a perfect day. Like, with no evidence that it could if, cause any if, trouble. Yeah, people could... Oh, with no evidence? Well, that's what the question says, is that, is like, Al Gore says it could be risky, but right. nobody can prove it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no evidence, that, yeah. and you, the only way to know is to try it. Is it worth trying? Um... And you may not know, like, like a lot of climate issues, you may not know it for a decade. Yeah. Um, I guess it depends on how risky it is. It does say at the beginning, a part of the premise of this question, and I get that we're throwing some parts of it out, so we might yeah. throw this out to you, mm. that um, there are no more weather emergencies, no droughts, floods, tornadoes, and global but, warming has been eliminated. Right, but this question yeah. is arguing we may be introducing some emergencies right. as right, a result right, right, of right. this change. And that's kind of why I'm like, no. Yeah, I feel like we've <laughs> solved the problem, so... Yeah, yeah like... You, I, just, I just feel like no tsunamis is enough of an improvement? Yeah. Tsunamis aren't weather emergencies. Well, I mean, I think part of the qu- thing that the question ignores is like the 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 workings of a healthy earth, right? Mm. Um, it just sort of says that nothing everything's fine. Um, in a human no more sense. droughts or floods or tornadoes. Yeah. Well, I think like a drought like, is something no... that actually needs to happen to some degree, it, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but we can assume what the question is implying is that any human consequence has been eliminated. Yeah, I guess the way that I had thought about it is like any yeah, yeah, like you, what you said. You know, like there's yeah. there's not there are dry periods. Yeah. And there are like rainy seasons. Right. Mm. But it's not so it's heavy enough to like serve the need of the ecosystem, but not so heavy as to like landslide away communities or Right. There's like annual uh wildfires, but nobody gets hurt. Right. Yeah. Right. And everything grows back the way it's supposed to. Cuz yeah. we know when cuz they're essentially <clears throat> controlled burns at this point. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, I don't think you could necessarily do that because this is a those, whole can of worms now. Yeah, a lot of those burn, a lot of those fires start. They're not started by lightning. That's the problem by... with this question: is it, it its premise wants you to ignore it, but it doesn't convince you to enough ignore to ignore it. it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, here's my thesis. Mm-hmm. Okay, we already have a technology that eliminates the you know drastic you know negative impact on humans from droughts, floods, tornadoes, hurricanes. I'm assuming as well, mm-hmm. and human caused climate change, global warming, right? Sit that. Sit down. Quit whining. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it seems. I don't. I mean, I guess people planning a wedding. There's that nervousness about if it's going to rain. That's like it just... rained for an hour during on our wedding day, mm. and it actually was nice. But but like it could have been bad. Yeah. Um. And so I get. But I just. Yeah, I don't know if that's something people need solved in their yeah, lives necessarily. Like if you know, you, you, or if it, it's a little bit too cold when you go to the amusement park or something. It's like, eh, it's okay. It's... Yeah, I, I'm trying to like approach it from a different angle like mm-hmm. what if i had an occasion that i really wanted good weather for yeah uh and with that would knowing that october was it october 22nd or whatever will be good for me 
No, because then everybody's going to want to schedule exactly. things on that day. Right. Well, okay. Well, okay. Let, let's. This is the thing I was saying is yeah. like, let's just assume it's a rolling average or, or something. Well, I mean, even if it's a rolling average, everybody in Minnesota yeah. is going to want to exactly. schedule it on that day. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So. Yeah. I, it, right, my first reaction was like, why would anybody actually want this? Yeah. Like, I think. So, I mean, really, I thought the question was going to be like, how do you manage this? Like, who makes the decisions? Yeah. And I'm like, you need something like the, the Federal Reserve, like a, a sort of an unpolitical. Uh, institution mm-hmm. that is sort of that stays out of the news <laughs> most yeah. of the time. Yeah. And like that's kind of the solution you need for them because there's too many people wanting to yeah, control to, that. To have their ideas. Yep. When honestly you just need some like nerds yeah. to like yeah. pick something that is going to be mostly fine for most people. Yeah. Have you know, with enough flexibility to change from de- half decade to half decade right. to to account for new information. Yeah. Uh, but not not I mean, imagine someone running like for president on like I'm gonna make October twenty second perfect, yeah. perfect for everyone. And that's like yeah, seventy two degrees. Yeah, then, then this also like gets to the whole point that like for me perfect is like seventy six, mm-hmm. and for Eric perfect is like sixty six. Yeah, yeah. That's so I like a slightly overcast day mm-hmm. that has rained a little bit. That is like sixty two degrees. Like that's that's my perfect day. Yeah. No one's no one agrees with me with that. No. On that. no. <laughs> It's a bad card. <laughs> I'm just reading it. I'm like, this. There's got to be more to this card. There's, there's not. All right. Do we want to try one more to one cleanse more. the palate? Yeah, yeah. Let's do that. How we... about? So far, the best one's the moon fight. That one started out so dumb, and then we made something out of it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> something amazing. <laughs> That's true. Oh, do we want to look for one that we know is going to be good? Nah, just pull that one. Just grab one. All yeah. right, musical reversal. Here we go. Okay. Okay. This is. I have actually done this one before, and oh. it's really, really good. Okay. Uh, that means she's gonna win. <laughs> no. Mark. No points. <laughs> There's no I have a point. He doesn't moon know fight, that. The moon fight wins so far. I picked that one. Let him have it. <laughs> I still think he got those 10 points from earlier. That yeah. one's actually just like super good. So yeah. Okay. Thank okay. you. Stephen can be the winner, right? Yes. Like we can make. Sure. Okay. I mean, if it makes him feel better. Yeah. It does. <laughs> Stephen, you've already won. This is just for bonus. Okay. Right. Okay. Sounds good. As long as you know that we don't take it seriously or really believe it's true. I mean, I do. Oh, so, is that so all that matters? Okay. <laughs> okay. So this is actually a really good one. Yeah. And y'all are music fans, so yes. this will be good. Assume everything about your musical tastes was reversed overnight. Oh. Everything you once loved, you now hate. Everything you once hated, you now love. Oh, my. For example, if your favorite band has always been R.E.M., they will suddenly sound awful to you. They will become the band you dislike the most. By the same token, if you've never been remotely interested in the work of Yes and Jethro Tull, those two groups will instantly seem fascinating. Wow. They actually chose things I specifically have no interest in. (laughs) This card was for you. If you generally dislike jazz today, you'll generally like jazz tomorrow. If you currently consider the first album by Varric Assault to be slightly above average, you will abruptly find it to be slightly below average. So it's just polarized, like the mm. poles have shifted. Okay. Yeah. Everything will become its opposite, but everything will... That more... is how I feel about Varric Assault. <laughs> <laughs> Everything will become its opposite, but everything will remain in balance and the rest of your personality remain unchanged. So in all likelihood, you won't love music any less or any more than you do right now. There will still be artists you love and who make you happy. They will all be the artists you currently find unlistenable. Now I concede this transformation would make you unhappy, but explain why. Right. I think, oh, yeah, fascinating. Yeah, yeah the, there, there's a couple of things in this question that I reject the premise of. Mm, okay. First, That's a very Mark approach. <laughs> I don't hate as much music as I love. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so I don't think there's an even balance that, I agree. that can be done. Right. So, so there's some unknowabilities to this. It's like yeah. things I haven't heard that I would hate, and and so you have to accept the premise. Yeah. But I kind of don't. Like that's sure. a hard thing to do. Yeah. 
the second thing is that nothing else about your personality would change. I don't necessarily, I don't, I'm not like violently in disagreement of that. Yeah. But I do think that music isn't just decorations in your brain. Like, yeah. it actually is part of your personality. Right, right. Like. Well, because it's and not hard. just its cultural relevance, yeah. but actually what the music is. Yeah. It's the argument I make for game design. It's mm-hmm. like, everything is important. Right. Everything fits together. Yeah. And so I reject the premise on that basis. Yeah. But if I were to accept the premise, I think that the reason it upsets me is because I like the music I like, and I feel it, and I and I wouldn't miss it apparently. Mm-hmm. But I'm not that person yet. I'm this person now, so I already miss it. I yeah. think I think that's why I, I I'm upset. Mm. Would you know that this has happened? I think so. If, if so, you... that would be a weird feeling at the back of your head. Yes. Like, and you and it's like if someone told you came up to you and said, "Did you know that last week?" You like this. You and it was and everyone in your music library was changed and all without your knowledge. But yeah. in fact, you like that would be an unnerve. You wouldn't believe it, probably. Yeah. But uh, but if you knew it for certain, that would be a weird feeling in the back of your mind. Like you wouldn't know yourself. If you didn't know it and there was no way for you to know, then I mean, I guess it would be fine, right? Because it wouldn't. Because you like theoretically you'd miss it, mm-hmm. but like if you had no knowledge of you missing it in the first place, it then it wouldn't. Well, that's matter, not the question. Right? The question yeah. is, is I know this upsets you. Why? Yeah. It, uh, the that's idea, what I like I... about it. <sighs> Even though I fully reject on two, <laughs> on two dimensions the premise of the uh, question. Uh huh. Yeah, I thought that, that was an interesting question because I thought it would be like, which music would you yeah. like now? Uh, <laughs> and I'm like, okay, this is. If you um, could pick one song to be, uh, you know, uh, ex- exempted from this policy, yeah, it's just why me. would it be 99 Loof Balloons? <laughs> B- Baby Shark. <laughs> um, I, it, I, I would be uncomfortable with it, mm-hmm. but I don't know that I would be unhappy with it. Yeah, feels because it's like the question is written. Yeah. basically, say you wouldn't be unhappy with it. Yeah resulted but it, it's and i think yeah. i think that's a fair question right because like i i agree with you mark because ultimately you know you're listening if you're listening to different music and you have different musical tastes you would be a different person yeah um and so like it would change who you are um and i don't does the question specifically say it does not change who it's, you it, are as it, a person? it confidently says it wouldn't change anything else about you. the rest of your personality will remain unchanged oh okay well yeah i don't agree with that just like mark said yeah um, but we sort of have to yes uh which is i guess that's fine that's the yeah. premise but it, it it makes me uncomfortable only in that, uh, due to like if, if my musical tastes all of a sudden changed, that would I would change and that would be weird. Um, right. I think especially if I like knew that. You know what would make actually the thing that would make me most unhappy after the fact? Yeah, is realizing that if this were if this scenario were true, mm-hmm. that the music I liked didn't matter. Mm. That would make that would depress Ooh, me forever. That's a great yeah. answer. Right? If yeah. that if that were the truth of the world, yeah. I would never recover. Yeah. How can you? That's a That's just like, oh my goodness. Like if 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 if, if your video game taste changed. Yeah. Over time. Like think about all the times you, you you've talked <laughs> our arts. You've talked about like why you feel this is the way yeah. it is. Yeah. Why you feel it's this way versus why there's some objective angle to yeah. it. And if none of that matters. Right. <laughs> Oh no! I mean, it basically says that art is useless. Yeah. Okay. Well. So I think for me, there it's twofold. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um. First, I generally like most music that I listen to, even yeah. stuff that's like you can find something to enjoy in a wildly different, tr- like cultural yeah. tradition that has sounds that I'm not used to hearing. Mm-hmm. I can listen to it for a while and like learn a bit about it and then appreciate it and enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, by the rules of this card, since I generally like everything. I would generally dislike all of it. Right. Incorrect. It says that it's a perfect balance. 
But according to that thing, it says it for Bella. But right, you would like as much as you liked before. Well, but I mostly like everything that I listen to. Well, see, that's why this this question is right. is hard yeah. to accept. Yeah. But you sort of have to accept the premise of yeah. Sure. Okay. I guess I'm thinking that like of all the of all the songs I've listened to, of all the music I've listened to, I've liked let's say 75 percent of it. Right. Mm-hmm. To some degree is on this side of the the, the scale, and then 25 yeah. percent of it is to some degree on the other side of the scale. And what right. I'm seeing is those things are just flipped, meaning that the things I really really loved on that 75 percent, I really really hate now. Yeah. So I actually do feel like the proportions also shift. It's, oh sure, but that yeah, the, right, the card right, right. is not saying that. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, it's not like we've listened to you know 75 percent of music. Yeah, basically, right? there'd be all this music you'd never heard of before that yes. you would suddenly love. Yeah. yeah in this scenario, you would have hated. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Right. Yeah, you're trying you're trying to talk your way out of the problem. <laughs> but well, no, no, it's just one of the things that hits me is like I generally like most music that I listen to. Yeah. Right. Well, that, that's the you're that's the premise that you're attacking as as invalid well i'm not saying it's invalid i'm just saying i'm explaining why it would make me unhappy because the way that i'm reading <laughs> okay, the yeah. way that i'm reading the card yeah. is that because i generally like most music that i listen to now i would generally not like most music that i would listen to, you know yeah. yeah um the other thing and this is the more important one is um you know eric and i met playing music mm-hmm. and so music's like a very big part of i wouldn't say it's like a it's not like a huge part of our relationship in that we talk about it all the time but it's definitely been like a through line yeah like dale and i can, there's a lot of music we can listen to together yeah and i guess that's the thing i didn't even consider till now is because the card keeps trying to say that nothing will change nothing will change but actually so much would change because you're the only person going through this transformation you're the only person going through this transformation right and eric, eric and i listen to music together and we'll share songs together and share playlists together but we also play music together yeah and you know like i wouldn't like jazz anymore mm-hmm. apparently well, that's the other angle is that all the music that I've created for myself, I would like all of the crappy stuff I've made. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And I wouldn't like anything that I like now, which actually, yeah. I guess this is a very dangerous question for a musician, mm-hmm. um, someone with actually proper experience. Uh, but even my limited capacity as a composer, this would really, really hurt me because it would make all of the, I mean, but again, it's that balance question. Like it would have to, it, it, the premise is I, that I've made a lot of music I hated. Well, see, that's the thing. <laughs> I The way that I'm kind of taking this, question now yeah we've been talking about specifically this part Mm -hmm. um is that basically literally all of your playlists and junk that you you know you have a bunch of your music just transform into something that you have you don't listen to now yeah um that you maybe either you didn't like in the past or you have just literally never heard well no it specifically says things you hate it, oh, it's not even talking about stuff you haven't so, heard. Let's yeah, say, there's a lot of problems with it. Uh, a lot, a lot of leaky leaks in this boat. They add too many. <laughs> gosh, it's questions. Or they add too many statements into these, and it makes it hard to follow yeah. the questions. Well, because it's really it's trying to get you to just answer the core emotional question, which is why I would rather, rather than, than like just... reason your way out of it, which we've all been trying to do. Yes, I think it's actually supposed to be all of it. It's supposed to be. Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. Supposed, it's this part is of all the, valuable. It's, to it for the sure. whole. It says a game. It says fifty questions for insane conversations, and, and if you actually is, yeah. listen, when I listen back to this as I edit it, it's yeah. gonna be weird. Yeah. Does that yeah. mean that we all get points and we all win? No, we said Stephen would win. Okay, good. I mean, all right. Wait, but <laughs> if I honest, was a completely isn't, different isn't the person, the of this episode that we need to be honest with ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> if I was a completely different person, I wouldn't care about winning. <laughs> and nothing Mark- else about your personality would change. Oh gosh. Is that is, like is that the problem? Are you saying you want to be a person who doesn't care about winning? Uh, no. <laughs> Mark, are you shadow saying that you are a person who cares about winning? I think there's more to work out at <laughs> <laughs> a future time. Well, six years from now, we'll do it again. We'll give it another try, yeah. Oh, gosh. That's our show. For show notes and links to the games we played and stuff, go to our website, nicegames.club. 
Visit us on Twitter at Nice Games Club, where Dale tweets about game dev resources, cats, and procedural animation tricks. We like hearing from you, so please tweet back or email us, contact at nicegames.club. Nice Games Club is on Patreon. Support the show and get stuff. Sign up at patreon.com slash nicegamesclub. And if you want to keep things more casual, just stop by nicegames.club slash discord and say hello. If we proved anything over the past six years, it's that we will start again. So until we do, remember to play nice and make nice. Yeah, you know that topic. It's time for the next one. Hey. <laughs> I understand why this is a game made by a therapist. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.